Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Are showing tonight. And that's a good first touch. Pulisic through. Still has the angle. And has the finish. Fatto tutto benissimo. Christian Pulisic. He was the one who has the most goals on the pitch this season. Lovely goal. Fantastic goal. And he's made this a far more comfortable evening for Stefano Pioli. Welcome back to Morning Footy. I know we said that Jeff Shreves was going to join us this uh, segment, but we're having a little bit of issues with his audio. He will hopefully join us uh, shortly on the show. But for now, let's take a look at the Serie A results from this weekend. Um, AC Milan, the 3-1 win over Frosinone. We saw that lovely goal from Christian Pulisic. We're going to talk more on that in just a second. Lecce and Bologna share the points in a 1-1 draw. Fiorentina. 3-0 over Salernitana. All right, let's chat on AC Milan and Christian Pulisic. A nice 3-1 win for them. Christian Pulisic now has five goals Mm -hmm. on the season for AC Milan. He is seemingly fitting in very well into this new club. He is now the second leading goal scorer on the team behind Olivier Giroud, who has seven goals. Charlie, when you think about Christian Pulisic and the way that he has assimilated into this club what is it about ac milan and their style of play that has just sort of catered to to christian pulisic's game and why has he been able to be successful well one it's trust playing time with pioli pioli brings him in to play him not to be a part of the squad a rotational player is to give him the opportunity to be a star and look at this run in behind i think his movement has been phenomenal since he's joined milan Look at this, never giving up mm. the play. That first touch. All the players believe oh, in his mm. ability. It, that's a world-class first touch. It, My this, God, that was silly. This just goes to show some of the things that he has that make him different from any other any other player in our player, uh, player pool. He's just, he's got the knack for scoring goals, great movement, and we're starting to see a finished product from Christian Pulisic. And the responsibility of having to score when a player like Rafael is injured. There's no doubt that, okay, Rafael's injured, 
Pulisic is going to step up to the plate. And when he's scoring goals like this that are of, of high quality, not many people can do that. Bring the ball down. Duck. Just kill the ball like on a pillow. Um, and then and the, for and then it the to be finish. killed in the direction that he needs to run to stay away everything, from everything. the four it's, defenders it's, on his it, back. It's, it's extraordinary. Yeah. The goal was extraordinary. And My question is, are we at the point now where – I feel like Christian Pulisic is at an age now where these aren't just flashes of brilliance. This is who he is. But will we see this more consistently? And I feel like the move to Milan has opened up the opportunity for him to be a part of that process more, a part of the team more, a, an opportunity to score more, more of the attack. We're starting to see it more. But is this who this player is? Well, you just said it. You answered the question. You said this is who he is. We know who he is. Right, but can he we just see this level consistently? Healthy. That's, a That's great it. Point. Yeah. It's can he stay healthy? And he's had some ups and downs already at Milan, but for the most part, he's on the pitch. And it, it depends what the game is giving you. So when Rafa Leal is on the pitch, Leal is the main man. So he becomes more of a chance creator instead of a goal scorer, although he has scored goals with Leal on the pitch. But you're seeing now with Leal out how much Milan relies on Christian Pulisic mm -hmm. to score goals, to create goals, but to be the difference maker. And, and now it's just on him to stay healthy because he is that man. Is he, this the he first is that time guy. we've seen him in that role at a club that utilizes him properly? I mean, uh, think about maybe at, at, at Dortmund was he used role that player. way? Role player at Dortmund. Player. He was Chelsea. a young, up-and-coming oh, role yeah. player. Yeah. Chelsea, that first season, he got more time, but nowhere near the, the level of the player he is now. So Lampard had him at first yeah. with, mm -hmm. with Chelsea. And remember, it was not easy in the beginning. He no. had to, like, fight for minutes. Yeah, he got a big price. Uh, there was a big tag when, when, you, when you purchased him. But and then he gets that it was never first game It was never then. like a, you're going to roll in and, and be expected to play. He had to, like, fight for training. Lampard's like, oh, you're not ready. He would show out, but then get, get injured, or he'd play really well, then be on the bench. So there was never consistency with mm -hmm. Christian Pulisic. He was never, an, in Spanish, we use the word undisputed starter, always. Is this guy an undisputed starter? He was never an undisputed starter at Chelsea. Never. Hmm. Um, at Dortmund, he was finding his rhythm where he, but he was, was so young. young. Yeah. Now, this is the first time in his career at a very important club where he's an undisputed starter. Team sheet, if he's healthy, you know he's going to be yeah. there. And yep. you know Milan want him there. Mm -hmm. So, to your point, I'm, I'm, I'm so hopeful that if he stays healthy, let's say when he stays healthy, throughout the entire season, in important moments, he's going to be there and people are going to want him to deliver. The, the tifosi of Milan are going to want him to deliver because we talked about it at the beginning of the season. Yeah, Rafa Leao is your guy, front and center, yeah. right? He's your star. And, then, and, and, and Giroud, because of his age, but he's also a goal scorer. But next up in line, he's proven it is, is Pulisic. And can I just say one thing? I know this doesn't mean anything, but on the grand scale, it means something to me. The thumbnail for the highlight package on YouTube is Christian Pulisic. That's pretty cool. Now, look, I know that doesn't really mean anything, <laughs> right? But when that's the face you choose when three goals were scored, mm -hmm. that starts to tell me like he's he's meaningful to the fan base. That people are happy when they see his face. They want to click on the video. Mm -hmm. This is huge. They You're want, not wrong. They want clicks in the U.S. Yes. So don't mention that part. <laughs> hey, and, and Yunus Musa played 90 minutes in this one. Exactly. Here we go. No, exactly. I think what what is is a, an important to note here is that U.S. men's national team players that are important to the success of the U.S. men's national team come Copa America, come the World Cup, need to be playing consistently. Mm -hmm. And right now, Yunus Musa had to work his way into that midfield starter. Christian mm -hmm. Pulisic comes in. 
You have to prove yourself why they paid this money for you to deliver, mm -hmm. doing it. So that's when I look at this Milan team. Those two players stand out because they're playing and, and they're delivering. Mm. All right. Well, let's uh, transition over to Napoli taking on Inter Milan. This was a 3-0 win for Inter, who remain on top of the table at 35 points. They are now unbeaten in their last 12 matches across all competitions. Oh, uh, whew, what I a pure know. strike. I know. I didn't even realize Napoli showed up for this game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my question is, is this more of an impressive win for Inter, or is this more of a, uh, a dark stain on, on Napoli? Uh, I'd say a more of a dark stain on Napoli. I mean, Inter, we know how impressive they are. This is a team that is in sync with each other. Look at the runs out of midfield. Oh. Nico Barella is incredible. Dumfries, uh, Marcus Turam, what a signing he's turned out to be. Hmm. It, it, they just have so many weapons, and they're tactically sound. Uh, it's it's tough to argue Inter Milan when when they smash a Napoli 3-0. You're not saying, oh man, this Inter Milan is is playing way above what they're capable of. No, this is what we should expect from them. But for Napoli, this is going completely skyrocketing, falling off a cliff in the opposite direction from last season. So uh, Walter Masari came in very hot with a lot of pre-match statements. Mm -hmm. It's against Real Madrid. There were moments it was, okay, Napoli are a little bit better. Maybe you got a little bit of your identity back. But against a team like Inter at home, you have to show up. He looks like an old Mike Nastri, doesn't the, he? The, <laughs> he looks the like game, a 50-year-old Mike Nastri. The, the game management was not good. I can't wait good. for the text message that you are about to receive. Chuck. I just... I, <laughs> you killed him. You broke him. You did. It's over. You broke him. It's over. You broke him. <laughs> Wow. Um, is this just a, is this solely a, Spalletti is not there. I mean, how much, how much of this is because of Napoli's shortcomings this year is because Spalletti is gone. It starts, it starts with the manager. <laughs> yeah. He had, he had a, a team in place, a system. He had the, the energy, everything, the fans, everything was in place for this Napoli team to continue to be dominant mm. in Syria, to challenge for Syria the league title again, and also to be important in the Champions League. When you lose your manager, it seemed like things then went completely just off the rails because... It did. Yeah, it, it did. Because every, now a manager, new manager comes in, Rudy Garcia wants to change everything, and Napoli have, have completely fallen apart. I'm, I'm, I don't know if worried is the right word, but they have a high-pressure game against Braga coming up where yeah. they have to avoid defeat. And playing the way that they're playing, managing games so poorly. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's is it, That one's going to be a really good Victor game. Victor Osman's like, buy me. I know, seriously. I'm ready. Hey. Who, do you guys, who do you guys think is going to be sitting in this chair after we come back from the break? It'll <laughs> <laughs> be interesting. We'll see. Oh, Chuck. Walter. Chuck just loves pushing those buttons. All right, we're going to take a quick Come break on in, Kubo. Oh, my Lord. Here's a look at some of the other notable European results from the weekend. Uh, Barcelona 1-0 over Atletico Madrid. Another goal for João Felix in this one, scoring against his former club. All right, we're going to take a break. Stay with us, everyone.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. back. Here's a look at the weekend results in the Premier League. Arsenal with a 2-1 win over Wolves. That keeps them on top of the table. Brentford 3-1 over Luton Town. Newcastle United with a huge 1-0 win over Manchester United. Burnley 5-0 over Sheffield United. Enough to uh, potentially get their manager sacked, as reports are suggesting. And we already chatted the Manchester City Tottenham match. That was a 3-3 draw. All right. Let's chat uh, Manchester United, Newcastle. Yeah. How about this one? What huh? a game. What? What? This was wild. So this was a 1-0 win for Newcastle United. And it just, oh, God, I was, it was so nervy, especially at the end. You just kept, like, I was like, I don't know if they're going to be able to hang on. But it was such a huge response from Newcastle, especially considering how their midweek Champions League match went down and just kind of maybe feeling a little bit hard done by by the the penalty call against PSG Um, but this is just this is exactly exactly the response you wanted and they were they are so thin right now when you look at their bench they had basically had nobody on the bench as soon as you say that Anthony Gordon here taps in because Juan Basaka was asleep but the whole Newcastle dominated this game Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's the reality of the situation and and Eric Ten Hag post game said and we should fight in the end. Well, naturally, when it's all or nothing at that point, and you have to charge forward because you're losing against Newcastle, you've mm-hmm. got to get something out of that, this game. That, you're, Newcastle, you're, 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 you're hanging on. Right. Newcastle, Newcastle weren't amazing. They did just enough. Maybe they could have gotten a second out of there, but I think they this could've. is much more of a case of United being so bad again. It's, it's shocking how they consistently underperform and this was a very bad game from United. Mm-hmm. We've talked in the past about Eric Ten Hag making my new manager uh, making a, you know weird decisions as to where he puts certain players in the lineup. Luke Shaw is a center back. With Varane on the bench. What is going on? That's Well he played Luke Shaw in the center back last year. But the, and it worked. But we've seen where him getting forward on that left side creates more space, mm-hmm. more opportunity for Marcus Rashford, a player that if you're Eric Ten Hag, you hope 
gets back to, to his scoring ways, gets back uh, in form. What is going on with Varane that he's not the player? That, a, a big, a big purchase for him. And them. Lindelof on the bench, by the way, and he decides to play Luke Shot at left center back. I don't know. And it's confusing. you spend a, a big amount of money on a goalkeeper and let De Gea leave. I don't know. There's so many questions How around. How did Onana look he, he, in this game to you? He actually made some, some good saves. He didn't, lo- he didn't lose this game yeah. for United. Um, but how many times have we talked about Onana winning them a game? Being, being Against the difference Copenhagen, maker. probably. Yeah, It'll right. be the only game. We're more, talking about the, just the Premier oh, League. Oh, the Premier League. And I'm just thinking, I'm looking at the lineup again. Marshall playing was a big deal, right? There was a lot of talk in England about, about Marshall. What's up with Hoyland? You mean Martial? Oh, Martial. Right, but, but Martial, but you're, you're going into this game at Newcastle and you paid so much money for Hoyland, who's, what, 21 years old or whatever? He can, who has... At 21, you could run. Your, you tell me. You played. You got 21. You could play midweek. You could play at the weekend. It's like the decisions going into match day. Like is Marshall? You, you, that Sunday or Saturday, whenever they played, that was your best option hmm. at striker. Really? They're very thin there. Yeah, I mean, but the, you, the only you other option is Hoyland you play Rashford. You play Rashford there, who doesn't want to play there, and Rashford has been. Well below average of what he can do. He, I mean, United have not not been able to get the most out of Marcus Rashford, and we've seen when Rashford this is firing, he's he's one of the best players, attacking players. How many goals in does he have? And in, in this year, I believe just one. I believe just one. has been nowhere near himself. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It, it it is. It's it's interesting because like I'm looking at this stat right here. They were riding a three-match Premier League winning streak. And Jeff talked about it on Friday, how in league play, Manchester United had been one of the more informed teams. And then midweek, you have that, that game against Galatasaray. Then, then this loss to, to Newcastle. It just seems like they, they're never able to kind of sustain any momentum that they, that they get. It just immediately kind of comes down. And at some point, I mean, do we see... Ten Hag coming under pressure? Like, if this, if this pattern just is continuing for Manchester United, where they can't, they, they're not able to sustain any sort of level of success. I, I don't season. know. He's definitely unable. And he's making come, questionable decisions. He's, he's, he's on the hot seat. He's, he's, he's unable sure. to come up with a response. But again, going back to, if I'm running a company, let's say, and I know that I, there's, a, it coming, there's a CEO that's about to show up and call all the shots I don't want to give that CEO the problem. I don't want to give him a problem by, by firing my supervisor or whatever. You guys understand the analogy, right? I want that CEO to be calling the shots because for so long, United, who hasn't had sporting direction, mm-hmm. the, their issue has been that. And now that they finally have sporting direction, why am I going to put on the docket? Welcome to Manchester United. We just fired our manager. Make the right hire. Or... We fired Ten Hag, we got another manager, and now that's then not the sporting director's call. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's a whole can of worms, and, and, and the Champions League match day six, in which there are slim margins that they get through mm-hmm. to the next round because if What do they either, need to happen? No, I, if either Galatasaray or Copenhagen wins, they're, they're done. They're done. Done. They need a draw in that game, and they need to beat Manchester United. No, they need to beat Bayern, Bayern Munich. Um, so. 
let's just say they are going to get eliminated, right? That's the reality, and it's right going to be right around Christmas. It's going to be another big blow. That's it's it's right, bar a miracle. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be another the, setback. It'll dominate the headlines and the conversation going into the into the winter. Will can will be Manchester United in turmoil yet again. Yikes! It's it's a very difficult situation. It's fiery. Yikes! To it think is. that they might not even be. In Europa League to finish bottom of the group, that that's gotta hurt. Yeah, some's gotta give. That's crazy. They're in seventh place right now. It's wild. Um, all right, let's quickly hit on that Liverpool uh, Fulham match. This one was exciting. There's yeah. a lot of goals. A lot of goals. Hey, Trent in this with his one. Trent with his Trent. predators. Oh. <laughs> you know, ever since he switched shoes, he has been three goals on fire. Look at this touch. Takes it right and then comes back across. Oh. But Darwin Nunez, how many chances does this man <laughs> get? And he just, there's got to be some sort of hex on him because he puts himself, himself in wonderful positions, positions he you does, dream of getting like the ball. It's like he does all the hard work and then he just can't oh, finish. That one play where he just gets oh. on his horse and gets I all know, the way I know. in transition. Mo Salah's running all the way. He plays a nice ball and he smashes it off the crossbar and you're like, this guy just can't score. It's just, I feel like, you know, he put the braids in this weekend, and I was like, maybe he's trying to, like, change his juice. He is. He tried know? to change his juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made great on the braids. Actually, the braids were perfection. Whoever did them. He looked they faster. Were, oh, just <laughs> more aerodynamic. Is that it? They just, the post. That juju just ain't going anywhere, though. I mean, well, my only reference point was when Erling Holland did the the braids, and the, I was not a fan of, of that look. Holland did two braids? I think so. He did, like, he? yeah, the Norwegian... Like Viking, Viking. No, yeah. the braids were executed to perfection. Mm-hmm. The finishing, however, leaves Poor a lot Darwin, to be yes. desired. Can we talk about Alexis McAllister, though? I want to give some flowers to Alexis Oof. McAllister's goal. Woo! That first, was first Liverpool goal uh, for his first Liverpool goal, as well as uh, Endo scored his first Premier League goal as well, which is uh, really really cool. Raúl Jiménez, look at that! I'm sorry. Oh my God! I'm sorry. That was a, an absolute golazo. He just catches that on the, on that little slight it's bounce, and that thing just this went angle. Look absolutely angle. sailing. Oh. Yikes! No one's stopping that. But so Bobby Cordova Reed, the Jamaican international, scores the third goal to make it three-two. Mm-hmm. And I thought Fulham is at least getting a point <laughs> on the road at Anfield. What incredible! Maybe potentially game winner. And you could see Fulham believed that they they had this game. Mm-mm. Shout out to Anthony Robinson. He had a good game. He did have a good game. Great assist game. on the yeah, on the did. first goal. But hey, three Shout points. Shout out to Amel. Three points for Liverpool. Second at the table. Happy days. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break. Uh, Sandra Herrera is going to join us on the other side. We are going to chat the U.S. women's national team and their friendly against China. That's coming up. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Welcome back. The U.S. women's national team with their final two matches of the year. A pair of friendlies against China. Uh, the first happening on Saturday in South Florida Drive Pink Stadium. Trinity and Rodman with Trinity. that cross. Hello. Ooh. Sophia Smith does the rest. Sophia Smith just gets a foot on it. That's all you need. Sophia Smith had chances on chances in this match. She's changed her hair. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> Darwin saying. Darwin Nunez? I, I don't yeah. know. We're, it's a trend that we're seeing. And here we go. This is Lindsey Horan. Yeah, I was going to say, who gets credit for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a cross. James Shaw misses the header, but hey, it goes in. It doesn't matter. It's a goal. It doesn't matter. All right, 77th minute. Now here comes Trinity. Adding, adding to her assist. So much sauce. Trinity Rodman. Again, Jaden Shaw with the cross. She's in, been involved in the, the attacking Are third. She was a good selling? substitute. Mia official there. Hey. Hey, oh, oh, she, oh, oh. she Millie rocks on any block. Dang. Let's go. Love that, Sally. Uh, the U.S. Women's National Team with the 3-0 win against China. They play again on Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that match on True TV. So for more on this result, we are delighted to bring in our good friend, Sandra Herrera. Good morning, Sandra. How are you? Good morning. I'm feeling good. Everyone loves uh, Victory Monday, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, we saw the highlights there. A lot to like about this performance from the U.S. women's national team. What was your biggest takeaway from this 3-0 result against China? How comfortable they all looked, how less stressful this team looked. Uh, players looking like they were finally playing with that freedom that we've been hearing that word so much. I think not over just these last few months with interim head coach, but even during that, uh, the, that World Cup in the later stages where we wanted to see them kind of play like this and then maybe not look as tense or look as stressed uh, in between the lines. And I think coming out of this game and everything that we heard going into it, sort of hearing this team saying, kind of feeling a little bit settled now is what it kind of looked like. And they just kind of looked like they were having a bit of fun as well. Something that I think that we've also been looking for. And uh, I think if you look at, at the shifts for the first 45 compared to the second, maybe we would still agree that the, the second half was was a little bit better, maybe a little bit cleaner in terms of the finishing. But I think anytime you can get uh, that first win in a new era, it's always a sign of good things to come. Sandra, you kind of alluded to China's level, right? Uh, when we last had you on, how difficult is it to make an honest assessment of the U.S. Women's National Team when their opposition was so inferior? Or were they as inferior as you thought that they were going to be? Uh, look, I think if we're looking at just what we saw in front of us over the course of the 90 minutes, I don't think it's unfair to say that China themselves are also in a bit of a reset. I mean, this is a side that failed to get any shots at all during that first 45 minutes. And then finally, tried to take a couple of chances late in that second half, but you're talking two shots uh, with two shots on target overall. That's not a lot to maybe hang your head on if you're the opposition finding themselves in a little bit of a similar scenario. So I think that was something that was intriguing going into this one. These are two programs that have faced each other for a very long time. They have history going back multiple decades at this point have faced each other in really big international stages. And now they both try to close out 2023 after what were disappointing World Cup finishes for their programs. The United States failing to get out of the round of 16 and China failing to even get out of their group stage. So I think if you're looking at the bar, it's moving a little bit more for the United States than it maybe is for China. 
as they try to kind of reassess things moving forward. But I would anticipate with the two game series that maybe we're going to see a little bit of a different look or a little bit of a different feeling or sense of urgency from China on Tuesday. Uh, Sandra, maybe China is not the highest level that we can compare ourselves, but just from this sort of new era, the what we should expect from Emma Hayes, what are some of the changes that you've seen that you think are impressive that we should be expecting that this team will continue to provide moving forward? Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I think some of the things that we liked right off of the back that we can point to and say, good, good, good. Want to see more of that. I think everyone was really excited when we saw that 26 player roster come out. All of the information behind it and the context behind it, that it was a little bit of a collaborative effort between Hayes, Kilgore, and U.S. Sporting Director Matt Crocker. They wanted to get a look at specific players during this final window of 2023. That was already the first little sprinkling, I think, that we saw of Hayes' effect or Im- impact that she's going to have on this team. And then with Kilgore on the sidelines kind of controlling the day-to-day, what is that going to look like moving forward on the pitch? And I think we already saw that. Emma Hayes is a head coach that is no stranger to making uh, player rotations, to try to get minutes across the board to multiple players. She's used to managing a lot of talent across a roster. And I think we saw that over the course of this 90 minutes. We saw them utilize all the subs. We got to see a little bit of a box midfield, something like a 4-2-2. And that was also a lot of fun to see, too. We're starting to see this team maybe tweak some things or play into different systems and styles and formations, depending on what the game is giving them. I thought it was great to see the midfield play as high as they were at times. My goodness, we saw Emily Sonnet picking up some of these rebounds within the box. We got to see Casey Kruger out on the right side, really effective in the attack after being known as such a sort of a lockdown defender. So I think maybe what we're that's what we're witnessing right now. We've heard a lot about communication from these players. Uh, we've heard multiple times in various media availabilities that that was something that they wanted moving forward. They wanted an understanding of roles. They wanted effective communication. And I think we saw it come to fruition specifically in Trinity Rodman in the game that she had telling us ahead of time in the pre-match game availability that that is something that she has enjoyed the most kind of working under uh, Twyla Kilgore and now is looking forward to with Emma Hayes. Sandra, you talked a little bit about the substitutes and, you know, Jaden Shaw, Mia Fischel, Jenna Nyswanger, Midge Purse. What have you liked from them when they've come in and, and who are you hoping to see start in this next match? I think we were getting to a point where we got to see perhaps a full 90 or close to a 90-minute game from a Mia Fischel or Jaden Shaw. There's something about these two players when they've come on at the start of these second halves over the last couple of months that have really kind of changed the trajectory of some of these games. So we've got to see them kind of come in and put these second half shifts in while Twyla Kilgore was still trying to kind of operate in that dual pivot, a bit of that 4-2-3-1. Now what is that going to look like when they come into these games or if they start these games 
in a little bit of a different tactical shift. So I'd like to see that duo specifically maybe get a little bit of extra time in this second game. We'll see if that comes to fruition. I really liked their positioning, the holdup play between the two of them. I think it kind of opened some things up, and I think we saw that scoreline expand a bit in the second half because of it. All right, Sandra, I'm going to ask you to do something a little strange right now. I want you to pretend that you're Emma Hayes, all right? And you just oh watch, you, you watched this performance from the U.S. women's national team. How do you think she is feeling about her, this club and that this team that she is going to take over in a, in a few months? What, what, would have her, what would her takeaway have been from this performance? Uh Look, I, I hope she was watching that in real time. I hope she was catching the highlights. I hope she's maybe looking back at some of those replays. And, and every single time she's looking at some of the play from the from the players on the pitch, I hope she's taking a look at it and saying, yes, bruv, that's what I'm talking about. I want to <laughs> I want to hear and feel that excitement from Emma Hayes. I think what we're seeing from these players and in terms of this new change and this new wave is already reflected in that first game. And I think we're going to want to eventually see that from their eventual head coach when she does get on the sideline. You want to share that sentiment. You want to echo all of the excitement and, and, and the energy that the players are kind of living up to at this moment. So I'm hopeful that she is, you know, feeling all of that equally alongside the, the players that I I would love to maybe even see, like, maybe someone's going to have a, a camera set up to get her reaction to, yeah. to some of we this stuff. And she's watching cam. some of this stuff. So I'd love to see it. Yeah, for sure. That'd be great content. Yeah, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just make it happen. Uh, Sandra, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this morning. Always great to see you. Always happy to see y'all. Take it easy. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. When we return, we are chatting a very exciting title race in Brazil. That's coming up. Palmeiras! We are underway, ladies and gentlemen, of this Match Week 37 battle. You never know what can happen. To Luis Suarez, he's going to shoot and he's going to score! The legend strikes first here against Vasco da Gama. Botafogo officially have no chances of winning the Campeonato Brasileiro of 2023 after being 13 points clear in the lead. A nice through ball, but in the Lopes 1v1, but in the Lopes! ahead. A huge victory for the Verdão that basically makes them the back-to-back Brasileirão champ. Welcome back. Well, a huge weekend in Brazil with massive implications in the title race. Here's a look at the result. Palmeiras, 1-0 over Fluminense. They are well in control of their own destiny at this point. Uh, but check this out. Botafogo, a nil-nil draw against Cruzeiro, mm. which means... They are out, out, ciao, ciao. out of contention to win the title. This is after 31 weeks of being on top of the table. And at one point, they had a 13-point lead over the second-place team. So this is how it looks right now, the top six teams. Palmeiras with that win. They are in control. They have one more game left. And they got that 1-0 win over Fluminense. Nico. How surprised are you about Botafogo? Crazy. I mean, this is, this, it's nuts. Crazy. To be that comfortably in the lead and to bottle it. Mm, speak it into existence. It happened already. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Mind you, 
Botafogo only have one title. They won it back in 1995. Oh. <gasps> oh, my goodness. He said, I've had enough. <laughs> That's it. This does give you That's an idea lot. of That's how different much. it is in there versus here. How fast would this guy be surrounded by security in the U.S. for lighting something on fire? Yeah. I, l- listen, Botafogo clearly have had managerial issues where mm-hmm. they've their manager took a job in Saudi and then they've hired interim manager, new manager, fired that guy, new interim manager. And then the guy that's there now, five managers in total, essentially. And obviously, the downward spiral starts when you lose the guy that was orchestrating all of the success. Look but at the, Napoli. But, but yeah, but the players as well. And this is co- almost like a microcosm. It happened in the same season. Um, so Palmeiras, all under control. They beat mm-hmm. Fluminense at the weekend, an important win. Hendriki is playing at a top level. Um, it's, it's a really strong team. Okay, so and what do they just, have to do in order to clinch in their last... They, they win... They can draw, and okay. they can even lose as long as Atletico Mineiro and Flamengo don't surpass their goal differential, okay. which is considerably mm-hmm. wide, the difference between. Okay. I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You are a passionate Boca fan. Yeah. Would you ever consider burning a Boca jersey? Never. N- not, even, not even this bottling of a title like this. I Boga would burn, I'd burn title a Boga before. before <laughs> right now. No, I wouldn't let you. <laughs> Never. No, like an Arsenal kit. Would you ever be so angry or feel so hard done by your club that you would then set it on fire? I've never, I never <laughs> purchased kits with players' names on the back. I've only been given them as gifts. Um, well, let's say you did. But le- would you burn? I, what what about your own Percy, name on the back? You, I you would burn a Van Persie kit. <laughs> yeah, when he moved to United, I was that upset. I would have burned it. Yeah. Wow. Like, I don't think I could do it. No, I, I'm not so burning any kits. It's crazy. It's yeah. absolutely crazy. Uh, you didn't burn your uh, Philly Union kit? When you- <laughs> oh. You- Stop that right now. You mentioned Boca. Boca beat Palmeiras in the Copa Libertadores semifinal. Boca, who were... How bad were Boca? Boga were pretty bad. Pretty bad. Boga, Boga couldn't beat anybody mm-hmm. this semester. And somehow they got to the Copa Libertadores finals, beating Palmeiras on the way, and they're, they're a foot and a half, a foot and three quarters through the door mm-hmm. to become Brasileirão champions. It's wild to me how that even happened. It's um, crazy. But the, but the Brasileirão has been very competitive, very exciting, and it's not only the title race that's being decided this midweek. I think the games are on, on Wednesday. Not They would be on Wednesday, not Thursday, Wednesday. Um, it's also places for Copa Libertadores, relegation. You know, Vasco de Gama is sitting 16th. It's one point above relegation. Four teams get relegated in Brazil, some of which are already relegated. It's between them and Bahia. Mm. Vasco da Gama has Dimitri Payet. Like... He has, imagine, Dimitri Payet was playing in the Premier League, might possibly get relegated. Gary Medellis also on, wow. on Vasco Still da Gama. Playing? Yeah. I looked at Botafogo. They got uh, a, a draw, four losses in a row, and then four, five draws in a row. That was the last 10 matches. Eee. That is rough. Rough. Just a lot of gray and red over here. Yeah. Dang. <gasps> I'm, I'm excited on, on Endrick, though, on Palmeiras. When he goes to Real Madrid, he, he has so much potential. I know they, they've placed a lot on his shoulders already with the expectations mm-hmm. of he'll be the next great, the next one to fall, fall in after Neymar, but it'll be interesting to see how he continues to develop. Crazy, crazy times. All right. You guys want to see something about, really cool? Oh. Yeah. Look at those feet. He's flexible. <laughs> what? Oh, it worked. Oh, my God. <laughs> it worked. He turned That's off the light. That's why I know. 
Look at him clap them feet. Stop. We out. Stop we out. Feet. Maybe we'll see you tomorrow, guys. Have a great Monday. Ah. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.